0: Hello, our guest this week is singer songwriter Piers Faccini.
1: Hope dreams, hope lies, while reality sleeps.
0: He used to be compared to Nick Drake, but he's now compared to no one. He just sings his songs, like this one Hope Dreams from his new EP, Hear My Voice.
1: And it cuts just like a knife Rolls on like a tear To bleed down The black hole inside leaves the black hole. Inside.
0: Pacini was born in London, he's half Italian, and he's now made his home in a beautiful and fairly wild part of the south of France, from where he runs his record label, Beating Drum. He came into RFI to talk about the very handmade approach he has to songwriting and to making and publishing music. His Twitter handle says, If my songs were maps... I would want them to stretch from the English moors to the Saharan dunes via the plains of the Mediterranean, a vast landscape indeed. So I began by asking him where he would situate the four songs on his latest EP.
2: On the EP, uh, we'd probably just leave out the plains of the Mediterranean because I sort of wanted to go back to my first inspirations in terms of uh, songwriting. So the songs are very much coming from the African-American blues traditions and English folk, and kind of British folk music. That's the conversation that you can hear in those songs in the EP.
1: And it burns just like a flame Brings fear to the door. Fire inside. and I rage against the whole.
0: This song hope dreams mm. where you sing and i rage against the hope you lit under my skin that you love me again will you love me again um it's kind of terrible to think you'd be struggling <laughs> against
2: hope <laughs> the thing with those songs is that you know when you've written a lot of songs over the years which i've done the challenge is knowing that there are only so many narratives that you can spin as a storyteller whether you're writing lyrics or you're writing a story it's all in the detail So sometimes the spark of a good song is just a slightly odd take on something or just something that allows you to see something that's familiar with fresh eyes. And so the the idea of hope dreams was simply the take on the idea that when someone's desperately hanging on to love and to a broken relationship that's just completely hopeless... There's a sort of addiction to the idea of hope. So the, the concept of this love song, because it's a, it's a love song, was the idea of uh, equating this person who's desperately hanging on, to, hoping against hope, in the same way that an alcoholic might be in denial about their alcoholism and say, oh, well, it's fine, I'll, you know, I'll come off the juice tomorrow.
1: Now I'm leaving out the dark For the love of the light
2: to drown out this spot writing songs is also for me it's all about being able to voice as a particular kind of emotion so that is probably my italian side as well slightly dramatic but you know you want to embody certain emotions i think that's what songwriting is about so in this particular one for example i love flamenco i love canto flamenco and i love like the whole sort of very dramatic. Um, Nostalgic way of singing about love that you hear in the Mediterranean, also in southern Italian music. So I'm sort of almost taking that kind of language but using it in English.
0: You're based in the Civerne, in this mm. very beautiful woody part of southern yes. France, very rural. And you have your recording studio there. You also have your own record label, which is called Beating Drum. and um, right. It says on the website, we create lovingly made objects that bring together music, art and writing. That, so there's a lot of emphasis on the handmade approach Absolutely. to making music. Just yeah. tell me where that's coming from.
2: I identify myself as being a, a painter who plays music. So... So my first love is painting, uh, went to art college. So when I started making music, everything that was image-wise that would be associated with putting out a record, from the record sleeve to a poster, uh, to making an animation video, to just that whole way that you, aesthetically you would dress a project, while well, I'm drawing on my experience and, and my love of, of everything artistic. So when I started my own label, the idea was just to go as far as I could down that line of just... In a way, trying to do as much myself, but also just doing it in the most sort of lovingly detailed way, you know, just uh, enjoying all of the different kind of objects and processes that there are to how you accompany a, a release.
0: And not being a slave to the music industry. I not
2: guess. being a slave to the music industry, absolutely. And also one of the things when one is in a way enthralled to the kind of standardised idea of the music industry, one thing that happens is that, you know, as an artist, you'll be like, oh, I really want to do... Uh, a vinyl gatefold vinyl when you open it up there's an inner sleeve and then i want to put my paintings and then and then the guy from the record company would be like yeah that sounds great but we can't do that we haven't got the money this is how it's going to be and then you have a bit of plastic with a cd in it yeah. or you have a, the cheapest vinyl and i sort of feel like with the, the way the music industry kind of unfolded and the way it's all sort of come apart slightly in terms of uh, at least the physical objects i feel like as someone who buys objects and books and records and vinyl. If I'm going to buy something, I really want it to be beautifully made. As a label, I'd rather make less, but better, as opposed to sort of mass-produced.
1: What would it take For dream dreamer to wake? It could have been line after line The code was all mine
0: You've compared yourself perhaps to a farmer. Yeah. Sort of taking your wares to the public.
2: When I started the label, uh, I wrote a little manifesto which was called uh, Why Music is Food. So it's the whole thing about the idea that, that art and, and music is a form of nourishment. And it's like when you buy your oranges at the market and they've been sort of mass-produced and pumped full of pesticides and chemicals, they may not have the same nutritional value as ones that are, you know, grown without pesticides. and
0: On the hills of Sicily. on, On the
2: hills of Sicily, exactly. In the sun as opposed to under lights or whatever. So I kind of was drawing that parallel and I was also drawing the parallel with the idea of a farmer who decides to be independent from, say, perhaps a supermarket chain and decides to produce less but better, sell it for a bit more, but sell it to people who know that he's not cutting corners and are prepared to pay that little bit more, mm-hmm. not only to support him and what he does or her, but also to support them in their kind of approach towards ecology or, you know, the land, the respect of the land, the respect of animals, etc. So I think that there's a there's that sort of aspect to it. And I think you just the idea for us with creating the label was also to be able to have a a kind of platform where we can really share ideas and just share a kind of enthusiasm about making objects and about making art and making music with the people that follow us.
0: you have a, a sort of broken falsetto voice which mm. again is, is not typical what is it about the voice? Are you saying that the voice is the ultimate instrument is the thing that actually to which you're most committed in yes, music? Yes I think,
2: I think that's absolutely right I would say that the voice in a way is the ultimate instrument simply because it can do what no other instrument can do meaning that it can carry melody and language at the same time so obviously a cello can't do that nor a drum or a guitar Bye
1: of game but
2: home. Been you. What is a voice? A voice is who you are. It's what you are. It's your ground. And so we were talking about, you know, the idea of nourishment and food. Food is grown on the land. So the voice comes from your ground. It's what you grow. When you hear an amazing singer, they'll grab you from the first note. There's something very mysterious about the voice, um, probably linked to the fact that the first thing we ever hear is the heartbeat of our mother and possibly her voice and the voices of other people. So there's something deeply sort of profound and mysterious about the voice. um, And then when you add the possibilities of being able to tell a story, to sing poetry or whatever different languages, it does make the voice for me endlessly intriguing.
3: Blessed are the souls of men whose lives are given to the wind And whose souls steer home and wander the plain But whose ashes and dust they remain Lay down your wreath, lay down
2: I love to explore the voice you know as an instrument but I also love singers who just sort of sing the way they do and that's it you know like well I mean you could think of uh, it might be Nick Drake who just sang the way he did or it might be Bob Dylan who hadn't who has got an incredibly nasal voice some people can't bear it but he that's just the way he sings you know mm. In folk music, I guess you have that thing where people just sort of sing the way that they're meant to sing.
3: Cursed are the wars of men That lay waste to terror and ruin Staining red the flowers of the land And the rivers that run red with blood I laid down your age
0: When we listened to you performing with some West African musicians like Baji Tunkara on this song "The River," yeah, um, I was really struck by how this, this sort of English folk music seems to perfectly marry yeah. with West African percussion. Absolutely,
2: and you know it was really funny because Baji Tunkara, who plays the ngoni, one time I was chatting with Baji, and I was like, "You know, when you don't listen to Malian music, what do you like listening to?" And he said, "Oh, I really like listening to country music." And I said, oh, wow, that's interesting. And he's like, for me, it feels like like our music. He said, la musique de chez nous. And I thought that was great because in a way, there's something strange, you know, that happens. Like when I heard Malian music, something was very familiar to me in the same way that when Bajé hears, uh, I don't know, Towns Van Zandt from Texas singing a ballad, there's something familiar to him about it. And I think that when I was writing for that project The River I just had this sense that a certain kind of melancholy almost sort of you'd imagine like you know the moors with the snow just somehow went really well with the ngoni, and I just I'm not quite sure why or how but it just as soon as Badges started playing I, I knew it was, it was right
1: Say you don't know
2: Say I don't know Say
1: you don't know tongues must speak, just say this, say that you're lost, say I'm lost, say
0: I can't resist asking you just a little bit about Eton. Oh, uh, so you, you were born in London, you yeah. went to <coughs> Eton Public School, this very elitist school, which mm. gave rise to the likes of David Cameron and Boris Johnson, <laughs> a lot of politicians. Yeah. Uh, not very many folk musicians or musicians, stop, no. to my knowledge.
2: Some actors, well, like Don West and Damien right. Lewis, they okay. were all in my years. So.
0: And I just wondered, did Eton contribute to awakening you to music in any way?
2: The thing that Eton did was it, And I, by the way, I didn't last, um, I'm actually quite proud in a way, even if I gave my parents hell for it, but I was sort of expelled from Eton when I was 17. So I was a bit of a bad boy. So I would say that what Eton gave me more than anything was to resist absolutely (laughs) everything that that school stood for, you know? And so it kind of fostered a form of individuality and a stubbornness about wanting to do something that no one else in that school was really doing. Um, So it kind of gave me a weird sort of self-belief just because I couldn't find it there, you know.
0: You didn't um, fit in.
2: Didn't fit in at all. No. I
0: won't. Because of your Italian roots?
2: I think in part, growing up in the 70s and early 80s, you know, it was a different time then, you know. know, there was a famous example. And it's shocking to hear this today, to think that nothing was done about it. But I once, when I was about 14 at that school, uh, went into beginning of term, sat down with our history teacher and he came in, looked down the names and he said, Patel, Ficini, stand up. So we looked at each other, we stood up, Patel, obviously, Indian origins. And he said, okay, find another teacher. And we were thrown out of his class. And I said, what for? And he said, I don't teach Neapolitans. And I said to him, my family's not actually from Naples. And he was like, get out. So how could you not be an outsider when that kind of thing's going on? You say, I don't belong. All right, well, I don't belong. I'm okay with that. And then you take your position as, a, as an outsider.
0: Well, maybe we can say thank you to Eton, actually, yeah, for maybe. having <laughs> thrown you out, because maybe you wouldn't have become the musician you have. Piers Fettini, thanks very
1: much.
2: My pleasure. Thank you.
1: Things that never change Are better left unsaid You need to let them go To let you get ahead Words crowd and let them go. Whisper to the wind, I don't know.
0: Hope you enjoyed today's show. If you want to subscribe to the podcast, just look for World Music Matters wherever you get your podcasts. Bye for now.